Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the CMO Asia podcast. Today we have uh, one of the really special judges from the US Search Awards coming on board. So tell us your name and tell us what you do and your role in the company. Uh, thank you. That's a, that's a big intro. I like it, Wayne. Uh, so, so, so I'm Thomas J. Vosper. I, um, I, yeah, I was a, a judge at the US Search Awards, which we held last night in, uh, in the Sahara. So you'll have to bear with me a little bit in terms of my croakiness in my voice. I flew into Vegas uh, a couple of days ago uh, from London, UK, and uh, and I and I fly back on a, fly back in like a day, so it's a it's a short Tomorrow. stopover, yeah. Mm. So it's it's pretty cool to be able to spend some time to, to have this kind of chat. So um, so yeah, so so about me, so um, I've spent probably my last twelve years in in e-commerce um, in the UK. I started working for a, a little e-commerce retailer, which you may have heard of, called Amazon. Amazon. And, uh, and I spent, I spent at Amazon. I spent uh, about seven years with the UK team back when there were about 250 of us over there, and uh, and we were trying to build this uh, little thing that they called the marketplace, which was uh, the idea of uh, all these retailers coming on and selling on Amazon, which. You know, back then, maybe like 10, 12 years ago, was was frankly nuts. Uh, the idea we were talking to some of the biggest kind of shoe brands or clothing brands, and people would say no one will ever buy shoes on Amazon. It's uh, it's interesting to see how that's changed. I think the uh, the department that I used to be in, which was which was 12 of us, is now about a thousand people in London. Uh, and um, you know, we we used to, yeah, we we would. Um, well, I guess the short of it is, is that you know I saw the inside of Amazon way before uh, Amazon even had fulfillment or um, or, 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 or advertising um, or like payments. Uh, you know, nuts. I, you know, I moved on from there. I did a couple of years at Tesco, which is, is pretty big for you know doesn't have a pretty big uh, British retailer, so mainly groceries. Um, with a primary purpose of trying to replicate, a, you know, a general merchandise, uh, Amazon-style business there. Um, I, I dabbled a bit in um, in uh, last mile logistics after that, and uh, I've spent the last three years as one of the uh, one of the first people into a startup called Price Searcher, where we are taking on the likes of, of Google and Amazon uh, to create a search engine where. Um, you know, you, you, me, everyone you know would be able to come to and see all of your available buying options um, for the simple fact that whilst you think that you may see that already, the reality is is that you don't because stuff like um, Google Shopping is a paid for environment so retailers only put so many products on there. Um, if you sell on marketplaces like Amazon or Alibaba, it's a paid-for environment. You pay a commission, so you only put so many products on there. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to create something that acts just the way that Google did uh, back in the late '90s, where um, you know we go and we index all of the world's prices, put them all in one place, sort that out. Um, and you know, the engagement that we have with retailers and brands is that most of them choose then to work with us and to help us kind of enrich that data and make sure that if you're the customer coming onto our site, you're going to see all of the right details because frankly, as a commercial discussion, it, it makes no difference. Um, there's, no, there's no cost involved. So, you know, I've, I've spent the last... 
been nearly three years. Three years. Um, leading our efforts to get merchant acquisition on, I suppose you'd call it that, onto Price Searcher. Um, we have gone from a standing start of about six um, test retailers um, nearly three years ago to uh, <laughs> specifically for UK numbers now. About 10,000 retailers on our site. About um, half of those guys we've crawled. The other half is pretty much split with um, around about 100, 150 agencies now plugging in all of their clients' feeds to appear on our site directly. Um, and then, you know, the other two and a half thousand is people like Amazon, eBay, Ikea, uh, you know, Curry's PC World, all these guys, they, they, they feed their data straight into us so that we can uh, make sure that they, they, they surface the right results in the, you know, in the search results. That's really amazing. And uh, I bet uh, you're also wearing many different hats in your current role in this business. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the most interesting things that you do uh, on a daily basis? Can you walk us through maybe a day in your life? Wow, okay, uh, a day in my life. Well, I mean, a day in any, and in anyone's life within startup is, uh, is, uh, is, is, is pretty varied. I think, um, so I always think in, in my day and what I'm trying to do, all the time is I'm trying to have real conversations with people. And I think that's probably something that gets missed a lot in a lot of organizations. So um, I've had to, you know, I joined the business as kind of the second or third person kind of within that team, which meant that not only was I the guy that knew a bunch of sellers and retailers um, from my time beforehand that could pick up the phone and talk to these guys but I also had to think about well how do we appear to the retailer or the brand when they want to find us so I had kind of a marketing hat on there in terms of what's our perception um, what do people think of us um, but most of what we've done so far has been around coming to events meeting people talking to people within our networks you know we're, we're very lucky to have a very credible team of people who are all senior people from you know they've had senior positions at Amazon and at eBay at Sky um, you know our CTO basically kept Candy Crush I, I don't know I don't play it but whoever whoever thinks that that's a good idea um, you know on, online right for a number of years so you know my my day is dealing with people that are operating at one level like big thinkers but at the same time, you're doing all of the small kind of conversation as well. I have a bit of a mantra for, for us as a, as a business whenever we, whenever we want to, to, uh, to kind of launch a new product, to launch a new service, or think about you know, whether we want to go into a new country. I think a lot of people target and try and target who exactly they want to talk to. And I, and I want to talk to everyone all the time, always. Um, and, and everything that we do is kind of focused towards that. That's a really long way of answering your question. It doesn't really help on uh, what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Because <laughs> it's, it's everything all the time. Yeah. So it's very focused on relationship. It's very focused on developing new relationships with new uh, territories and people living in that uh, city. Yeah. So, well, uh, and, and it used to be, right? So back when, um, you know, back when I was having these kind of senior discussions with people about selling on Amazon, you know, it, it's right now it's very easy for people to look at the numbers and um, look at their return on investment on spending money here and advertising here or going into a marketplace and it, that wasn't the case like you know 12 years ago right yeah. there was an element that when you are launching um, 
I know the grocery category, right? And we were we were selling alcohol, right? So you had to sign a special paper contract. I had some merchants had to sell a paper sign a paper contract about selling on Amazon to sell whiskey and stuff like that. And you know that was, you know, none of that was behind numbers. No one was making a decision then. However, you tried to spin it within Amazon that we're growing and we've got lots of users. That the idea that someone would come and spend like 70, 70 pounds, seventy bucks on a on a on a bottle of whiskey, right? Yeah. Um. So so I found that you know certainly where we are as a as, as a kind of um, a, a punchy underdog search engine who. Um, and as nuts as this is, we we get judged against uh, against two guys in the room. We, people say, you know what, you're um, you're not you're not quite as good as Google or Amazon. You're, you're pretty good. You're nearly there, but you're not quite as good as, as those guys. And I say, well, you know, we've spent two and a half years. There's 25 of us in London. Like the fact that we're not quite as good right now at this point in our journey, and you're judging us against a, a trillion dollar business, is is amazing. So most of what we have done so far you know relates back to what we used to do at amazon it's you know they're those early kind of conversations you get the message you get the story do you want to be part of this fight are you are you excited by that as i get you up in the morning you know do, do you want to be someone that is um late to the party ticking off a bunch of numbers because it kind of sells itself and it's pretty easy um or do you want to see something that is quite visionary and you can think, okay, I'm already one, two, three, four, five steps along. Yeah, sure, I'll get involved. So yes, most of my time right now, as it was when um, we were we were growing the Amazon marketplace, was um, well, it's about relationships. It's about meeting the right people, smart people, people who get it. I think that is uh, really inspiring. What uh, you just told us. Um, can you tell us about a customer that touched your heart? And uh, tell tell us about uh, a customer that changed the way your company operates. I think the thing that's always resonated with me, and again, this kind of goes back to my Amazon days. I spent a lot of time at Amazon having pretty uh, serious discussions with senior people at like huge brands, like you know the Italian fashion houses, the the, the guys that spend gazillions on their marketing but but back then and, and just now you know as well at price searcher um, it's always been the little guy that I've always been inspired by right it's uh, it's kind of the mom and pop shop is the people that you the know, underdogs the, the underdogs is the, is the people that they they, they they run like a you know hundred thousand dollar they get a hundred thousand dollar income off like selling old DVDs on a marketplace right it's like it's nuts and uh, you know, um, I've always been inspired by those kind of businesses. If I relate that to where we are as price searcher, trying to build a, a search engine for products, it's 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 why at our core, um, we don't have any commercials around appearing on our site because I I, I don't want us to just have a big. Um, like, like Walmart, right? Selling on our site, like great. We would love Walmart to appear on our site. They probably already do. Um, but what I'm inspired by is the people that sell nothing but like door handles, right? Loads of door handles. They have like 
hundred thousand different types of door handles, right? So many SKUs. <laughs> yeah, and 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 for me, like they 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 they're a specialist in what they do. There is no other expert in the world that you could go to that would be able to find the right door handle, and and it's about giving those guys um, equal footing with the biggest retailers, um, and, and so I've always been inspired by those kind of stories. And that leads us to the next question. What else makes you feel inspired or like your best self? My, personally, my best self? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's, it kind of relates to what I've just said there, really. I mean, I, I always feel that um, your best self is your true self and your, your true self should be free from any kind of restrictions or inhibitions and you should just be comfortable with who you are with your own skin um, and I and, and I see that in terms of the types of businesses when I put like if I you know it's, it's hard to relate just to a purely personal thing um, if, if I look at from a work perspective, I've always tried to, to stick up for the underdog, look, look after the small guy. And I think there's probably something in, internally there that, you know, inspires me around those kind of stories, you know, outside of work, right? I, you know, I, I like to think the best of people. I, I think um, I had a really good, um, really good example, which um, I heard a few years ago, which fundamentally changed the way I think about how, how I talk to people and, and, and how I work with people. And, um, and it's that the, the, as individuals, we judge other people on their actions, but we judge ourselves on our intentions. And if I give you an example of that, if um, if you're driving and someone jumps a red light, cuts in front of you, you slam on the brakes, the first thing you do is you, you hear the horn, right? What's this guy doing? What's this idiot doing? You're an idiot. Why did you do that? You're an idiot, right? Blame the other party. You blame them, right? Yeah. You're an idiot. What did it kill you? Except what you don't see is you don't always see that maybe that person is... They, yeah, sure, they jump a light because um, maybe their wife's giving birth to their first child, she's in the hospital right now, and it's a complicated labor, and it's unexpected, so they need to get to the hospital as quick as they can, right? And not an asshole. And you don't know, you don't know what their intention is, right? You, you, so it, it's the same way that if you were the person in that car and you're, you're, you're cutting that light because you've got someone ill at hospital and you need to get there, and you cut in front of someone and they beep you, the first thing you do is, hey, I said, why are you beeping me? I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to cut you up, right? So you're judging yourself on your intention. I didn't mean to. I didn't. I didn't mean to cut you up. Or this is the right thing. I need to do this. You're judging them on their action, and so I guess one of the things that's kind of I've always tried to relate to in, in relationships over the last couple of years since I, you know, I had that way of thinking is, is that you know most people are okay. In general, most people are all right. Most people are trying to do the best that they can. And and I've always been inspired to try and give people a platform so that they can always at least try and do the best that they can, whatever the best that they can is. And, and I, I think that's personally much easier and very rewarding to, um, to think of people like that. 
and that's how it uh, connects back to your business. So, what is the best compliment you have ever received? Well, I mean, you know, I I work in tech. I've got a few, you know, I'm covered in tattoos. I've got a beard, right? People tell me I've got a really nice beard a lot of the time. I think there's a, there's an awful lot of uh, there's an awful lot of guys with a with, with a beard and tattoos that work in tech in in the city in London, right? Yours, right? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably about the, the 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 most common compliment I get. Anything else uh, is is you know it took a long time to grow, so I'll take that as a compliment. Awesome, brilliant answer. <laughs> Um, the next question it's um, about your journey. So, what insights uh, can our community listeners learn from your remarkable journey? From where you started, right to now, at this role, in your present company. I think that um, it's quite easy to sweat the small stuff, um, but at the same time, People like to sit back and do the big picture things, the big picture thinking. And, and actually, it's, you know, anything that you do as, a, as an individual or as a business is kind of neither of those extremes. I think most of the stuff that kind of happens in the world in general right now is people trying to fit one end of an extreme or one end of a choice. Yeah. Um, and so I've always found that, you, you know, you, you, you've got to, you've always got to think where do you want to go you don't want to get bogged down by some of the kind of the minor day-to-day -day things, but you know, you're always going to be you're somewhere in the middle, right? You, you've got to think of, you're going to have a goal, you're going to have that ambition that you're working to, but everything that you're doing has to be working towards that. If you're, um, if you're spending all of your time trying to chase perfection, um, and if you do get perfection, well, frankly, you've wasted a lot of time because by the time you've worked out perfection you, you should be like five six seven eight steps ahead of that um, I, I, I think that that kind of mindset where stuff doesn't have to be polarizing you don't have to sit at one end of something you've got to kind of be doing all of the stuff all of the time in whatever role that you do within a business you've got to be as involved as you can um, is it, the only way that you can operate I think you kind of also answered uh, uh, my next question already because my next question is about what's your most important advice about life and doing okay. business. So it's the well, answer for that. Yeah, I mean the answer is that, right? It's it's, it's you know you be yourself, mm -hmm. um, be as honest as you can because people will people will um, work with someone who does stuff wrong as long as they didn't as long as their intention was right and they're honest and they're true to themselves and you know they don't keep making the same mistakes yeah um and and see so, you know i think that you've got to talk to everyone all of the time you've got to hear what they want to do you've got to empathize with them you've got to understand what people want to achieve and then you need to kind of enable that and you also need to be accepting that if you can't enable that because it's, you know, it's a different conversation. Okay, fine, move on. Thank you very much. It was lovely to meet you. Awesome. If you could change one thing about your company, what would it be? Uh, one thing about our company right now, I think the biggest challenge that we have at Price Searcher is that um, 
is that we get judged against Google and Amazon and we are a team of 20, 25 people uh, of which seven or eight of them have PhDs. Um, and, and I think that the pressure that we have as a business, um, there are, there's a, a, let's take a price comparison industry, right? There's, there are price comparison websites that have existed for as long as the internet's existed, relics of the internet, who have only ever got 30 million products on their site, which sounds like a lot, right? But mm -hmm. they've had 30 million products because they've had teams of salespeople or digital marketers go out to retailers, they've cut commercial deals with them, and they've put on a handful of their products. There's all a commercial structure behind that. And, and so we have uh, removed that commercial element and in less than three years have 10,000 guys in the UK on our site, 30,000 guys globally, we're in 24 countries, we have 2.2 billion products that we process. Billion. 2.2 in fact, I'm wrong about that because the last talk that we did a couple of weeks ago, we had 2.4 billion. It's, that's how quickly yeah, it goes up. Because all the doorknobs, right? So, sorry? All the doorknobs. Everything. Thousands of SPs all of the guys that sell doorknobs, yeah. widgets, gizmos, you know, nuts and bolts, screws, right? And Gu And Gucci handbags, right? All of them. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the pressure that I think the thing that we've always had as a business, the, the struggle has been, you know, from an investor point of view, how, how do you make your money? Let's start seeing make some money. And yet, because we we haven't made worried about making money, and we've been very lucky to have investors that have backed us to the point where we are now to get as big as we are, is because the moment that you remove that commercial conversation, you're not talking to a retailer saying give me a top selling lines or because fundamentally as a consumer you, you don't want to see the top 10 percent that someone sells i don't want to see just the products that people are going to make a good margin on yeah. i want to be able to see all of the products that they offer yeah. and i want to be able to compare those products and those prices against other products and if it's exactly the same product i want to see everyone that sells that same product and all of the prices. And by the way, I'm not necessarily going to just pick the cheapest, right? There's not a race to the bottom there. Yeah. I, I might see the cheapest, but like the next cheapest is maybe 50 bucks more expensive. But you know what? They're, they're around the corner from me and I can order it today and I can go and pick it up. Or that's a brand that I trust. Um, or it's, you know, it's an Amazon, right? They're going to they're gonna give me prime delivery. It's a John Lewis. They're going to give me like a five-year guarantee. They're going to, you know... Uh, you know, fund fundamentally, you know, that that's what I want to see. I want to see all of that. You should want to see that. I think everyone that we talk to, if you're a consumer, should want to see everything. So, this question, how do you come back from a crisis? Wow. Uh, <laughs> punchy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I don't think that you get... I don't think that you get a crisis if um, you know you follow some of the things that I've talked about already. Right? There, there is no such thing as a crisis if if all you're ever trying to do is the best that you can do for the right reasons for doing it. And sure, that you get stuff wrong, um, and sometimes you get stuff really wrong. But that's unlikely to be a crisis. Uh, I mean, sure. That's the internal stuff that you can manage. There's a whole bunch of external stuff there that um, is very different when you talk about crisis, right? If you were, 
you know, trading stocks on like, you know, Black Wednesday or whatever. Like, you know, if, if you're, if you're working in the finance industry when there was like the huge subprime mortgage crash, right? That's a crisis. So as an individual, ultimately all of those external factors, they're all external, right? Like, and, and actually, a lot of them happened because people weren't being honest. People weren't being treated to the right. People didn't think about the end user or the end customer or what was the right thing to do. Um, so even then, that's a crisis that's caused kind of because of all of those issues, right? You don't have that kind of crisis if you're always trying to do the best that you can do for, for everyone. That's a great answer. <laughs>